If you have your Bibles and want to turn there or follow along on the screen, we are finishing the little book of Ruth this morning. My hope is with this incredible little book is that it makes you look at the Old Testament, even God, differently than you have before. You see it with hope and wonder and assurance and joy because of what it reveals about who God is. I think it's one of the tragedies of, I'll say, modern American Christianity. We've taken verses like, you know, all Scripture is profitable for instruction and training in righteousness, and we, we make it then, we take little pieces of the Bible and memorize Proverbs and think that, oh, we, we, we somehow understand the message. And we don't even get it. What the message actually is to you and me from God that you can only get in this Bible that should make us different than anybody else. And so this book helps a lot because it has a particular message and in its story it's remarkable it's so remarkable that i'm calling our little finisher overwhelmed because it is overwhelming not 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 to our characters in the story today not to naomi or to boaz or to ruth but to me and i hope to you as we look at 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 the wonder of what god is doing so let me get you up to speed. We are, this is our book, right? This is, it's a single story, and it's not very long, and we understand it, but it's a story about this woman named Naomi. And she has left the house of bread, God's place, Bethlehem, by the way where Jesus is going to be born centuries later. And she's gone to find bread somewhere else, out there in the world, and she goes to Moab with her family. And of course, there's no bread to be found in a real sense as her husband dies and her kids die, and she's left without anything except this hanger-on to her foreign daughter-in-law named Ruth. She goes back to Bethlehem in shame. Call me bitter, she says. Don't call me pleasant anymore. And our story, and we culminated last week, is how God uses this not valued necessarily by her daughter-in-law to bring her redemption and last week redeemed we saw that how boaz the kinsman redeemer comes in and he's going to redeem this incredible story by simply saying i want this and he did it the kinsman redeemer this special picture of jesus who is our redeemer in the old testament God's heart for this bitter woman. Super cool. And so this, God providing her a redeemer, not because of her goodness, but because that's who he is, starts to get us to understand, wait a minute, maybe my thinking about life is not what it should be. Because we buy into this I've been calling it karmic Christianity or karmic way of life. That if you do good, good things will happen to you. And if you do bad, bad things will happen to you. It's all over. Everybody thinks this way. It's the cycle of karma. Not biblical. But it's the way we start to think by applying God's law into our lives. So like, this starts to break that. Why? Because Naomi didn't deserve a thing. And here comes God. He has a different way. What's his way? Uh, redeemer. Super cool. And we weren't quite done. We come to the final few verses today, the end of the story, the last bombshell, which is sort of radically impacts you and me. It really does. So I'm going to talk to the, about the text in terms of sort of three perspectives this morning briefly. 
uh, three blessings. It's blessings for everyone, blessings for, for Boaz, blessings for, for Naomi, and, and blessings for you and me. And as you think about this, think about, think about, would you take in, what is God doing? What is he doing in your life? What is he doing in mine? What is he doing? Can we trust that he's actually doing what he wants in an amazing way, this God who actually loves us? Oh, may we lean on that this morning. And as we think about Christmas and the coming of our Jesus, (laughs) fabulous. Okay, so we're starting with this. We ended in this verse 9 of chapter 4, and we're going to start that with blessings for Boaz. Maybe. Question mark. Is it? Okay, so, so here we are. So it says, then Boaz picked it up. Remember, he's made this whole scene. He's set it up. He's gone, I'm going to take this on myself. I'm going to go set it up. We're going to go get you redemption, Naomi, through Ruth. And he set it up publicly at the gate with the elders and the people gathered around. And he says to the elders and all the people, you are witnesses this day that I have bought from the hand of Naomi all that belonged to Elimelech. All that belonged to Chilion and Malon. Okay, I realize we're picking up midstream. But there was a closer redeemer. And it was like, hey, yeah, if, if you have a closer redeemer, then you should get redeemed from him. That's great. I'm about the redemption. But the other redeemer said no. And so here's Boaz. And you say, well, yeah, okay. Your witness is that he's buying the, the, the property of Elimelech. That's Naomi's dead husband. And he's going to acquire that and hopefully pay Naomi some money. Like, what, why are we concerned about a real estate transaction? Oh, no, but that's just a pathway to this. Also, Ruth, the Moabite, the widow of Malon, I have bought to be my wife to perpetuate the name of the dead in his inheritance, that the name of the dead may not be cut off from among his brothers or from the gate of his native place. You are witnesses this day. Okay. Here's what Boaz is doing. Right? He's making sure everyone knows it. Don't get caught up in the buying language because that's how they did it in that culture I've got. I've, I've acquired. He's saying, I've taken on the responsibility. I am doing it. I, you all hear me. This is what I am doing. I am going to provide an heir for Ruth, sure, but for Naomi, for this line. It, it means that, that instead of it being for me and, and for my kid, that I can then can in further my inheritance and the things that are going on in my properties, this, I won't even get the properties. I will hold them for the child that is to come. A child of Elimelech. A child for Naomi. Pretty cool. How is this a blessing for him? I know where my mind goes. My mind goes, oh, well, Ruth, you know, there's this romance and there's soft heart and there's things going on. Maybe, maybe there's some of that there. But, but here's the thing. He's doing what the other Redeemer wouldn't do, which is to have a child that won't be his in terms of inheriting and representing. And an incredible blessing. Why? Because he's being a Redeemer. I mean, can't we back up for a second? And we know, we know, the reader knows, we think about, oh, God is our Redeemer, and here's this beautiful picture of redemption, and who gets to have that image? Boaz does. So cool. I want you to see this, though. It's important in the story. It's important to feel it, because this is how we work. It's not always seen 
the things that we do that image God as blessing. I mean, see what the people say. All the people at the gate. The elders, and they said, we are witnesses. May the Lord make the woman who is coming into your house like Rachel and Leah, who together built up the house of Israel. May you act worthily in Ephrath and be renowned in Bethlehem. Well, we'll stop there for a second. Wait a minute. I mean, it sounds great. May you be like Rachel. Uh, you guys know that story? You know the story of Rachel and Leah? Back in Genesis? Jacob's wives? I mean, if anything, a very backhanded compliment going on right here. They did have a lot of kids. They had all the kids that became Israel, right? All the kids said, yeah, here it is. Here's like all the 12 tribes through Rachel and Leah, but not actually Rachel and Leah, about their competition. Remember the competition? Leah has kids. Oh, Rachel says, I'm going to die unless I have more kids. You, the Lord opens my womb. So the Lord opens her and she has a kid. And then Leah's like, well, I want more kids. So he has more kids than you. And then Rachel's like, well, you better give me more kids. She's not having, why don't you take my handmaid? And they have a handmaid by his kid. And Leah's like, well, take my handmaid too. And pretty soon they're having all these kids and God blessed it incredibly. But was it great? Is that how you would do it? Let's have competing wives. See how many children you can have by the competing wives. And then if that doesn't work, let's throw the handmaids in and see if we can get tons of kids. And here the people, the elders, the people going, hey, yeah, with your foreign Moabite person that's going to have a child that's not even going to be yours, may God bless it, because maybe they've got more wisdom than we know. Because it wasn't, that was not the blessing I would give. Do you see that? Do you see that it's not like this? I want to take these things like somehow these people are dumb, that they don't know the story. They know the stories. They, they, they know the stories better than we do. They know these things. They're very nuanced thing. It's like, wow, may God make something out of this difficult thing. It's kind of cool. Hey, Boaz, may your home life be like that. That sounds a little like the Chinese blessing. May you live in interesting times. <laughs> oh, I think they don't necessarily think it's going to be a blessing. And then there's just, may you act worthily in Ephrath and be renowned in Bethlehem. And may your house be like the house of Perez, whom Tamar bore to Judah because of the offspring that the Lord will give you by this young woman. Again, thank you for the blessing. How great. Oh, thank you. But they managed to get Tamar in there. You're like, oh yeah, that's Judah and his wife. No, it's not. It's not Judah and his wife. Go to Genesis 38 and read that wonderful story. That's where Judah, he got a wife for his firstborn son. His name was Ur. Boy, how'd you like that? Ur, uh, that's your name. His name was Ur, and he had his husband. He had the, like his. He died, and he left his widow, and her name was Tamar. And you, the, the, the custom there was that another son would be provided so her line could go on, much like Naomi would have a line. And, and so there you had this whole situation where. She was waiting around to get another kid from Judah and in order that she might have more children and be married again. And, and that didn't happen. And she waited and waited. And finally what she did was she, she went to the road and she dressed up as a prostitute and she waited till Judah came by. They went in together. 
He didn't know who she was. She got pregnant. This is like earthy stuff. And, and, and there she is. And, and, and so then Judas ticked off. He's like, I'm going to kill you. You're, you're, you're doing stuff outside of marriage. That's not right. And she's like, yeah, it's not right. And it's yours. <laughs> Have you seen Days of Our Lives? I haven't, but it sounds like it might be like this. It's like, wow, all of a sudden it's like, oh yeah, well, the person who is the dad has this staff. It's like, oh, that's my staff. You know, it's like, it's incredible. May you be like that, they say. Well, wait, couldn't you have picked something else? Something more fine and upstanding in our eyes? Till you realize everybody around this town place of Paris, are all from this family. This is where we come from. This is who we are. God's building out of this. It's, it's absolutely shocking to our minds because it, it, it starts to shape what we think is going on because what's going on is they're asking for a blessing from God who makes beauty out of ashes. That's what he does. But I'm not alone I, I, in seeing some negativity to these blessings. May you live in interesting times, Boaz. And sure, be like Rachel and Leah. They had a grand old time. Yeah, you're kind of echoing Tamar and Judah. I mean, I hope the Lord blesses you. Now, you don't know what you're getting into, says the people around them. It doesn't feel like they're like totally on board. And it can feel that way a lot as we live our lives. I don't know if you feel this sometimes. You like things happen in your life and it seems like half your family's going to like, well, yeah, oh, I hope, I hope God's bless you. <laughs> and then something happens. I just, I want to get to this first. So Boaz took Ruth. She became his wife and he went into her and the Lord gave her conception and she bore a son. This is, this, is, this is the beauty of what we live in and you live in it all the time. Life. God made life. It's why we're, we're pro-life. It's why we, we value life because it's always a gift of God. All of this, you know, society's uncertainty, people's talking, whatever, and God makes life out of Ruth and Boaz, and it's a blessing for the couple. But, but, but the real focus, he, he gets a blessing, it's a son. He's going to have a bigger blessing, we'll see it at the end. But the real blessing is for Naomi. <laughs> Naomi. She's been our person all the way through. And, and here we have Naomi, and, and the, this is the reality of God's working in her life, and this is the landing of it, and here it is, right? The sun happens, and, and then the woman said to Naomi. So our focus shifts. It's like, oh yeah, Boaz marries Ruth. This, this redemption happens, a son happens. And then look what it means for Naomi. Walk with me in this. Don't lose it. The woman said to Naomi, blessed be Yahweh, who has not left you this day without a redeemer, and may his name be renowned in Israel. Praise God. You have a redeemer. How amazing God is to you. And, and, and you, you think they're talking about Boaz, like Boaz has been a great kinsman redeemer for you. They're not. They're talking about the kid. They're talking about the kid. How do, how do you know? He shall be to you a restorer of life and a nourisher of your old age. For your daughter-in-law who loves you, who is more to you than seven sons, has given birth to him. 
See, he, he will represent Naomi. He will help Naomi. God has provided for Naomi. It hasn't been by normal means. It's been upside down and sideways and unexpected, but he's done it. And now she has this future and a hope because life has come and it's come from God for her in spite of her. So, so Naomi took the child, it says, and laid him on her lap and became his nurse. Any doubt that the story's about Naomi? And the women of the neighborhood gave him a name, saying, A son has been born to Naomi. They named him Obed. He was the father of Jesse, the father of David. Now, now these are the generations of Perez. Perez fathered Hezron. Hezron fathered Ram. Ram fathered Aminadab. Aminadab fathered Nashon. Nashon fathered Salmon. Salmon fathered Boaz. Boaz fathered Obed. Obed fathered Jesse. Jesse fathered David. How nice. Naomi gets a blessing. She gets to be a grandma when she had nobody, and that is a blessing, someone to care for her, a future and a hope. And so we're ready, ready to close the book. That this is the end. Fabulous story of redemption for Naomi. When, when you realize, right there, there's something that jumps out at you that wasn't told you at the beginning. It's on purpose. There's something interesting. Something the writer waited until right here at the end to drop into your lap. This child that will redeem Naomi will carry her name forward, will not be of Boaz's line so much as in the line of Elimelech, whose name was my God as king. His name is Obed, and he'll have a son named Jesse, and Jesse will have a kid named David. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait a minute. Back up. This is David's family? You guys know David, right? He's, he's, he's the guy in the, in the whole center part of the Bible in the Old Testament. The whole peak, everything goes up and up and up to the final peak where God promises this young guy who becomes king named David and says, you're going to have somebody of your line on the throne forever. It's called the Davidic Covenant. It's in 2 Samuel 7. This is that, 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 that's his family? Ruth is David's great-grandma? Her, her kid is David's grandfather? This is the line of David who's ruling all Israel, and the promise in this line would rule forever, and through David then going to rule forever, it comes the forever king named, come on, you know his name. It's the Sunday school answer. Jesus Christ. Jesus. This is the line of Jesus. This is where God who becomes man comes from. This is where God planned out from, 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 from eternity past what he was going to do in sending his son and it's through these people. This is the story of how David gets born, how a Messiah would come who would be connected forever, who's, who's our hope and, and, and our part of our story. And, and, and all of a sudden you're like, oh my goodness, it's not this whole thing. It hasn't just been about Naomi, that there's a blessing for us. Should I go the other way? There's a blessing for us. Okay, how do we get that weight? It's so cool. God did this really cool thing for Naomi. You could say, no, 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 stop, stop. L l look more closely at it. Think, th think it through with me. 
Would you feel it? This is the story. This is, this is the story of how God is going to bring Jesus Christ into the world and who's connected to him. And that what we have is that Naomi is. Naomi is forever in the family of Jesus Christ. Well, why is that a blessing for you? <laughs> would, you would you think about it? What, do we, what is her story again? The one who left the land of bread and wandered off? who said God dealt harshly with her, whose perspective didn't pick up the incredible blessing of Ruth's loyalty. She really didn't get it. She, she really didn't get even that Boaz, how great faithful he would be. She didn't go to him. Ruth did. In, sp- in fact, her whole plan was Ruth, go, go alone and uncover him and, and, and lie at his feet. like She was like setting up some weird thing. And yet, God used all of that. I mean, she's in the family of Jesus. Jesus came through her line. God just blesses her, not according to merit, according to his goodness. And we could stop right there. Every circumstance you have, every way you want to judge, other people who look at you funny, you actually do miss the mark. And you say, yeah, you're not who you should be. But, we, but, but God. I know as soon as I say, but God, I hope what comes to your mind is the amazing passage of, of Ephesians chapter 2. But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us. Look what God has done for us. All it doesn't matter, right? It's about the love of God. Not our love, God's love. While we were still sinners, God, God, God loved us. He's given Jesus for us. And this whole story has become that, not just in the New Testament. Somehow God in the Old Testament was his heart. God and God in the New Testament is about Jesus. No, the whole thing is pointing forward to Christ the whole way. So that's one. How amazing. Here, here's second. Jesus doesn't even come unless these wild things happen. Can you take that in for a minute? All these seeming near misses all over, leaving Bethlehem, husband dying, Moabite foreigner deciding to stay with her, Ruth randomly gleaning in Boaz's field, it seems. The other redeemer saying no. We don't even know his name. All these story details are just this one generation, and all these generations have a story leading where? To Jesus Christ. We toss around these ideas, and, and they're good ideas. It's true, right? God is in charge of your story. Your story matters. But here's living proof in the message that our God knows what he's doing, even when you don't. Every breath you take, do you know who actually knows what he's doing with your life? It's God. He adores us in Christ. He makes us part of his story. It's incredible what he does. And here's the proof. It's actually part of the Bible. Failure and, and, and littleness and, and lostness marks the story of God's working that looks like it's lost and wrong, but it isn't. And it's, and it's in your face as we close here, right? Because you talk about Tamar having a child with Judah. Oh my goodness. Are you kidding? That can't be what God wanted. In the line of Jesus Christ? Rachel and Leah competing with each other over having kids and I'm going to die if I don't have there's not that that's not the right motivation and good what something's wrong with that no that's actually how Israel is formed 
by God. Marry a Moabite? Haven't they read Deuteronomy? You don't do that. That's David's great-grandma. He's got this. Oh, dear friends, live your life, the life, by the way, that's been given you because we can't make life, we can't, we act like we know what's going on. Actually, we're dependent on a hidden God who does hidden things and they're amazing and cool and you, you never give up hope, not because somehow you see yourself progressing in great goodness and climbing some life. No, because we've got a God who redeems and he's done it and he's proved he'd done it and here it is in Ruth and he, he just puts it in your face. God at work in life and he made us and he loves you and he trusts what he's done in Jesus. One final thought. This is the message of the Bible. Overwhelmingly, God's incredible love for his people. He is the redeemer. The son, he's the redeemer of Naomi, right? The childless widow who has no future and no hope and no realization of how God will work and what his plan is. And she's off in different places and she comes back bitter and and you don't see her suddenly become happy and right and good. There's no story of sort of personal increase in holiness going on in Naomi's story. It's all about the, the story of God for her. And he does it. What's the message God gave a redeemer? a son. He doesn't bless the strong. You know, that's because he loves the weak. And we're all weak. He loves you. Today. The message of Ruth fits in to the time of the judges, right, where people were doing whatever was right in their own eyes, and that fits into today. We do what seems right to us. Even even. We even point to this authority, say this is what everybody must do, what I tell them to do, what is right in this book. And then nobody does it. That's the message of the book, right? The whole message of the book is God gives rules and nobody does them rightly. There is nobody righteous. No, not two. No, not one. Nobody, that's Romans, right? Romans basically says, hey, hey, there's nobody who's done it. There's nobody who actually understands. There's nobody except the one God sends who's a redeemer. And our hope goes over there. Oh, we, again, we break the Bible into these little bits. We think we need to get ourselves stronger and better. We try and judge each other based on who's being more obedient, more loving, more giving, more good, more and more and more advance and, and, and excel. What, whatever, whatever we think, that's, that little tiny verse will break out and say, oh, excel still more. And we'll argue. Yeah, I want to cry. I'm with you. And here it comes in this little Old Testament book, a reminder of the actual message. We have a father who loves us. Who acts in seemingly insignificant ways to bear the fruit and make the connections in life that we need. So we shift our eyes. We will never deserve it. But guess what? Oh, you who trust in Jesus, you're redeemed. We will never attain more merit ourselves, but we're but we're not just told we're accepted. 
we're told we're in his family. And then we read a story about God placing these people in his family. The family of David, who will be the family of Jesus. And we are made family. He loves us so much. That's what we read today, right? We read it in Ephesians. And we read, oh, that you would just, that you would just capture, you'd be able to grasp it. You cannot grasp the width, the height, the depth, the love of God in Christ for you. And it says, right, this is the, oh, I want the next one. There it is. And to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge because that is what fills you with the fullness of God. Oh, you got to go there in, in our church family. Oh, that you would come here with me as we stand in this reality. We do not, people want to judge you. They want to laugh because they don't think, man, you got to be doing these 12 things better. And you say, yeah, you know what? But I'm redeemed. Hey, you know what? I, I, can, I can just grasp a little bit by the Holy Spirit's testimony in my heart that that the love that christ has for me that 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 i'm a treasure to him that i'm what he bought when he died on the cross he said i'm not worth that yeah i know but you are to him that's who you are that's the fullness of god you might be in his family. And, and that's this statement, right, from, from 1 John. It says, see what kind of love the Father's given us. This is him in Christ giving us love. It's a gift that what? That we should be called children of God. And I love the next statement. And so we are. Not like, and so you might be if you continue on in good deeds and doing lots of great things. No, it's like, and so you are. Why? Because of the love God's given you. Oh, treasured mind, I'll tell you, blown. So, well, well, I need to respond to this by transforming myself into something God would actually like. Because surely he doesn't like me. Stop calling me surely. He does, right? As you are. Oh, we're all like that. We've said this before. I'll say it again. That's a beautiful little image of Luke 18 where, where, where there's the, the Pharisee goes up. He said, thank you, God, for making me good and making me someone who's not like these other broken people. And, and then the broken guy comes up, the tax collector, and says, oh, have mercy on me, God, a sinner. What we want to do, he says, Jesus says, the second guy, that guy, he gets mercy because he gets it. It's all God for him. And, and what we want to do, what I want to do, is go back next week and take that, that, that tax collector and have him go up with the Pharisee's prayer in his back pocket and bust it out and say, Lord, I used to be bad, but after last week when you made me mercy, now I'm so glad I'm better than those guys over there. What are you doing? You're being dumb. I'm dumb. I got to come back to the message. That's why the message is important. That's why we take communion. That's why over and over we receive this word that we are redeemed and it worked. That Jesus Christ died for us and it worked. That, that they were in his family by what he's done. And, and we start to see each other this way. I see you, I see you, I see you. I start to see you. Do you know what you are? Redeemed child of God. And that actually makes sense. So sometimes that means I, I can... I can bear up and, and choose the good because the good remains the good. The law remains a good thing, but sometimes I, I, I fall down and I don't and, and, and I have to come back to where my value actually is, which is what? I'm redeemed. 
I don't know how God's going to use the broken pieces of my life. Sometimes it seems to me like he's not. Sometimes it seems I'm just breaking it and it's busting wide open. And I don't know what's in your life today. But I know this. He's got you. And he will not let you go. And he's even using the broken pieces. Oh my goodness. Will you guys take that with me? Because it's marvelous. I think the broken pieces he can't use. I've got to clean them up for him to use. But he uses them all as he did in this amazing book we are just completing now. We have no idea how God is bearing fruit in your life because he is the redeemer. Take it in. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this amazing book that we get to look at and the story of you working to bring the line of David to pass. Lord, why would it include these people? I have no idea, but I sure appreciate and love and I'm thankful that you made it in your book that we might see the depth of your love, how you work with the broken, how you bring pleasantness out of bitterness. Lord, I pray that we might have a heart and a glimpse of the depth of your love for us every single moment as we go through this life, as good things and bad things happen to us, as we're part of them and our sin overwhelms us, we might find our redemption, our forgiveness, our joy in what you've done for us. May it be real to us, Father. Help us to trust you together. It's in the precious name of Jesus we pray. Amen.